Captain, that... uh, this is done with malice before thought. And that's the only kind of malice, friends, that counts. It's the planned malice that is what we call the dynamic creative malice that gets under the cuticle. Up, kazoo, now. And now, let's all together blow it out your bazoos. <laughs> keep it up there, way up now. Good evening, fans. Uh, it's time once again to take a close look at the world of sports. It's time to see the views and hear the views of the people that make the headlines in the world of sports. And uh, good evening, Malice fans, particularly tonight. Those of you who have enjoyed in the past good, wonderful, creative, dynamic doses of brutality and hate, as represented by most of the outstanding sports figures of our time. And so now, before we go any further, let's have a word from one of our sponsors. Bring it on, Don. Quick, that's it. One, two, three. All together now. Yes, for you hate fans out there tonight. Uh, hey, you know, speaking of hate, as uh, we so often do, uh, of course, we always speak of it in terms of love here on this station. We don't believe in bringing uh, the uh, the pickle right out there in the open where it can be seen in the sandwich. However, uh, for those of you who are interested in hate, and I'm sure that everybody is, I can hear immediately all those, all those hackles rising out there. Of course, we always refer to hate as something that the other lout does. Uh, we, on the other hand, are always cool and considered in our evaluation of other groups, other ideologies, other aspects of living. And, in fact, the idea that I come on to, you bum! That's all based on a cool, considered evaluation of the other man's personality and attitudes. <laughs> it is never hate. I, I have never known a hater who said he hated at all. No, sir. Well, now, uh, the thing that, that immediately uh, hits me here, uh, I, I was looking through a lot of mail, and uh, I'm just sitting there looking through all kinds of stuff that had come in, and it suddenly occurred to me that I'll bet, I'll just bet, large numbers of people have never seen a real hate letter. I just wonder how many people have ever actually seen one. You've heard of them, I'm sure. Uh, they're always talked about in newspapers, you know, Don. Uh, you hear people discuss them on the air and so on. And yet, I wonder how many people have ever actually seen a hate letter. 
and have actually opened it. I, I don't mean seen one printed in the newspaper or or uh, see uh, something somewhere. You know, somebody's created one in a book or something like that. I'm curious how many people out of say a thousand have ever actually opened a hate letter that's directed toward them, or not only directed toward them. What's even more interesting is just directed in general toward another group. It is, I'll tell you, it's one of the most educational things that, that can ever happen to you. And you understand how uh, trivial and how banal uh, and how hopeless in many cases are the, the poor, wonderful ideas of the, of, the, of the people who constantly play on a million violins and say that man is basically a beautiful creature. I'm sorry. Uh, I've seen some buttes, and, and I don't mean the usual hate kind. You know, I'm not talking about the obvious. Shepard, you got a rotten program. That's not what I mean by a hate letter at all. So don't immediately say, oh, yeah, well, you know, somebody doesn't like a show. That's a hate letter. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the kind that says, Shepard, you rotten Jew-loving scum. You rotten so-and-so. You blankety-blank, you lewd, indecent so-and-so. One day we're going to burn you. That kind of stuff. I'm talking about the kind that, that brings in race, it brings in all kinds of beautiful little ethnic clouds, oh boy. <laughs> and, and I find, I find that, uh, that there are several types of hate letters. Some that I ought to do a show based entirely on the hate letter and read them to you, uh, just as they are. But the only thing that you will miss is the appearance of them. The appearance of hate letters is fascinating in itself. Often, I hate, almost always, hate letters are not signed. Uh, uh, and, and when they are signed, they're usually signed. This is the guy who, who likes to think his hate is just a beautifully reasoned system of thinking. <laughs> That's his hate He'll set out in 19 pages to prove to me that one or the other racial groups is responsible for all the problems of the world. Or one or the other racial, of course, always the group to which he does not belong. This is, this is part of the hate uh, syndrome is that the thing you hate is ne never has any relationship to you except it's always attacking you. That's all. It's, it's all there is to it. You're perfectly blameless, and you are a simple, honest victim of this terrible, terrible plot. And, and I guess the most interesting of all the hate letters are the plot hate letters, in which, which they will say the entire world situation is due to this group. The entire, uh, the entire, whether it be the other party, often it's the other party. Now, that's, that's one of the most fascinating kinds of hate, is the dynamic political hate. It's a shepherd. Don't you realize that the Democrats since 1910 have been systematically selling out the American system, the American way of life? How many of these people do you know are on the payroll? On and on and on and on and on and on and on it goes. On and on and on. And, of course, it, it follows on the other side, too. It, uh, and then you get the other letter that says... Dear Mr. Shepard, of course you realize that the Republican program is based on an ancient program of reaction and hate, which leads inevitably to the conflicts that we find resulting in the dynamic of facing of arms. One and boy, oh boy, oh boy, uh, and and you 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 wonder you wonder which way you wonder which way the hate is going to fall next. And of course uh, you you rarely find uh, the word ever popping up. The word never pops up in any of the letters. Uh, I, I never heard anybody, I hate all niggas! Nobody ever says that. <laughs> they don't say that. But, oh boy, you should hear the stuff that comes out. Uh, never do you get one that says, I hate all white Anglo-Saxon Protestants! Never. Never. 
these, these letters are always well-balanced presentations of a rationalization of a basic hate, which, of course, is irrational, totally irrational. You'll never get the letter that says, I cannot stand all Jews! Never, 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 never. Uh, what it will do is say, anybody who understands anything about history knows that the blank, blank, blanky, blankies are the ones who have caused... I take the situation at Pearl Harbor. It is well known that a blank, blank, blanky, blank was in charge of the telephone system there. And on and on and on it goes. So this is this is the kind of hate letter you get. And they're, they're beautiful, too. The hate letters, I'm talking about real hate letters, are written usually out of a passion that shows even in the calligraphy that shows in the handwriting. You get these big black pen splotches all over it. Oh, wow. <laughs> and you know, you know that you're living in a world, and I'm not talking about America. Don't stop that jazz about America has this. Oh, no, this is a world problem. This is a mankind problem. It's not even a problem. It's just the way mankind is. We keep referring to it as a problem, you know. And, and, uh, and you know that you're living in a, a, you're part of a thing. And don't forget it. You're part of it. You're not separate. You're not, don't sit out there by your radio and say, oh yeah, Gene, that's terrible about those people that hate. Jeez, I just can't stand them haters. I'll tell you what we ought to do. We ought to, <laughs> we ought to get out. We ought to organize all the non-haters together. All the non-haters ought to get together and go out and root out them haters. I say this, that it's hate that's ruining the world. Don't you think so, Charlie? Yeah, we ought to go down there and burn down every hater's house. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. you got to understand what man is, and if you do, you can't help but laugh. You don't laugh at his hate. You laugh at his efforts to eradicate it, <laughs> which, uh, which in a way is, is, uh, is one of the saddest things. Now, I, I'm, not, uh, I'm not about to... Oh, another thing, too. Is it, you know, that you're always suspect if you don't hate, if you don't have, if you're not obvious, and I'm not saying that anyone is, is uh, capable of not hating, but I'm saying that if you are not, if you are not able to, to literally dynamically hate in one form or another, everybody will be bugged at you. Now, here's an example. If you come on and you say, well, I, I can't, cons I, I just can't get to the point where I hate all Goldwaterites. Well, then everybody who does suspects you of being an inadequate person. Or, on the other hand, if you're a Goldwater man, if you can't get yourself to hate all fuzzy-minded liberals, uh, <laughs> then you're a suspect. In short, you are judged in this world by the, uh, I suppose you can call it, by the octane of your hate. Now, it is always assumed that, that uh, of course, if you, if you're, if you're, uh, you don't want to admit you're hating, naturally. You don't want to say that at all. But, uh, let's say by the passion of your opinion. <laughs> and you're judged by that. You literally are. And if, if you find yourself unable to hate sufficiently, if you find yourself, uh, too, perhaps, uh, I don't even want to use ridiculous words like civilized because I suspect that civilization creates the hate. Uh, if you find yourself too primitive, let's put it on that basis, uh, to, to really get, uh, as impassioned as you can, as should, uh, about one or the other groups, uh, you, you'll, you'll find yourself continually in trouble. Uh, you have to accept totally one particular hate and live with it. <laughs> then you will be part of a group. If you're, if you're a core man, you want to burn down everything. Let's burn down the city hall! That's the end of it. You've got to have a demonstration. You absolutely, without any reasoning. And, and if you don't do this, you're called soft. 
you're called a fair-weather liberal, or you're called a, any, any, any one of a thousand things, all of which says, you just don't hate enough, Mac. Uh, you just don't hate enough, Charlie. That's what they're really saying. Now, on the other hand, if, if you are a, um, um, if you're a segregationist and you find yourself suddenly saying, well, you know, uh, they've got something to offer. I, I'll tell you, I was reading the other day a piece, I was reading the other day a piece of business that, that somebody in one of these organizations wrote, and I'm telling you, they got a lot of, they got a lot of truth to it. What do you mean truth? What kind of talk is that? Get out of here! Get out of here! What are you, you're getting me one of them northern liberals again! And, and, uh, you know, you gotta, you gotta learn to, be absolutely arbitrary in your likes or dislikes, or else you will be always considered several things. One, you'll be considered fuzzy. That's called fuzzy. What is the opposite of fuzzy? Well, friends, the opposite of fuzzy is sharp and defined. <laughs> and I've heard that phrase pop up a lot of times in a lot of uh, so-called uh, thought-out, well-reasoned arguments. People say he's a fuzzy liberal, or he's a fuzzy hippie, or he's a... He's a fuzzy this or a fuzzy that or a fuzzy... Oh, nothing is worse than a fuzzy conservative who kind of looks forward to the idea of Social Security and all that. <laughs> fuzzy conservative. That means he's, he, he, you know... <laughs> you know and so up and down the line. And, and, and uh, again, I must say that the, that the grayness of life is, is, a, is a thing that bothers a lot of people. Uh, the, the, the fact that, that uh, it's, it's impossible, literally, to be any kind of a logical person uh, and, and, find, and, and find yourself totally in one camp or another. And oh, incidentally, uh, they will always say that you contradict yourself. Invariably, if you say, well, you yeah, know, that guy said so, this side said so, that's called a contradiction. Contradiction means, of course, uh, admitting that there is a positive argument which refutes your main argument, you know, <laughs> which is unfortunately the fact of life, you know. And, and I, I, thought, I thought once in a while it would be great to come on here and just read you a, a, a whole series of hate letters. Now, hate letters of all kinds. I'm talking about hate letters that hate the Jews, hate letters that hate the Negroes, hate letters that hate the white Anglo-Saxon. Oh, you'd be surprised at that. Nobody talks about that. You'd be surprised at the number of letters I get from reasoned people who have blamed all the, all the world's ills on what they call the wasps. Uh, there are groups of guys who hate the Catholics. Oh, well, we know about these hates. You know, the, the hates that are the most interesting to me are the ones that are just beginning to emerge. Uh, we all know the age-old hates, the, the hates of color. We know this. This has been around for 10,000 years. Uh, the hates of uh, the Jews, the hates of the Catholics. And yet there are some pretty wildly interesting hates that are beginning to come out of the, out of the, out of the sea, you know. And, and, and they're never called hate. No, no. They're, they're all called, finally, we are beginning to speak the truth. That's what they're always saying. Finally, it's time to face the truth. And, of course, the guy goes out and you read five impassionately. He may be a professor. You'd be surprised the number of hate letters you get from, from economists and professors and one kind or another of guys, very official stationary. You know, and you read it after four, and you say, what is this guy advocating? And you read four pages and you find out he's advocating what? What? You know? <laughs> he's advocating burning anyone who's a Baptist. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, he is. You know, you know, down at the end of the line, he says, well, the conclusions are obvious. And I suspect that eventually the truth will out. Signed, Professor J.L.D. Watanabe, D.D.S., L.D.D., in Hawker, Gikula, Conk. And that makes it a picture. Boom, boom, boom. It's not hate he's dealing with, it's truth. Wow. Lovely, lovely world. Speaking of truth, friends, this is W.O.R.A.M. and F.M. New York. <laughs>
Beep, beep. You're a John B. gambling station. Or is it the John A. gambling station? And uh, we'll be here until uh, the hate finally, uh, you know. Oh, I am not. Oh, no. Oh, by the way, this is the worst thing you can ever do, is is to not exclude yourself. I am raising my hand right here, and I am saying I am not excluding myself from the human race, which means that I am just as capable of hating as anyone else. I don't recognize my hates any more than you recognize yours, and because I've raised my hand here and said this, automatically that will refute all the things I've said before. Oh, yes, the, the man that is listened to is the man that is always pure in spirit and pure in heart. Self-proclaimed, of course. Uh, he, he is a self-proclaimed godhead of one kind or another. A bastion of beauty and truth. A bastion of, uh, of uh, logicality. A total, almost a distilled vessel of human reason. <laughs> you must always present yourself as that. Never open your book and saying, look, I'm just as ridiculous as the next guy. But here's the way I see hate. I hate blah, blah, blah. Oh, no, you're dead. You have to stand up on top of some kind of a plateau and look down upon the masses and say, oh, those poor, suffering, squirming victims in the hell pot of civilization and life, if they could only see their folly, if they could only understand how beautiful life could be, if all of them could be like me, beautiful and clean, who is not capable of hate, not capable of ill-conceived passions. I who love all of mankind, if only they could be like me, love all of mankind. Believe me, you'll get a lot of people that'll applaud wildly. Absolutely, because they, of course, think they too love all of mankind and not capable of any of the baser passions. Not at all. And I'm sure, oh yeah, oh you, oh, and, and then you ought to see the numbers of ladies, it's almost always ladies, who write angry letters that sex has never been part of their lives. That they are not... <laughs> that this is something that doesn't concern them. No, sir. And, of course, it's venom pours out. Yeah, it doesn't concern them, I'll say. And then, then, then you see, then you, the, you, have you, did you look at that sad picture in the village voice? It shows a bunch of guys parading around outside the woman's house of detention, and they're, they're in, they're in charge of some kind of league for sexual freedom or something like that. And you look at the pictures of the guys, and you can see that's, that's the last thing they've ever had. <laughs> and if they had it, they would be in trouble. You can see it, you know, it's a sad scene. <laughs> and so everybody, everybody figures that it's, the, it's a plot on the other guys that's keeping life from being beautiful, absolutely, all the way down the line, no, no question about it. The, 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 uh, the, the really dyed-in-the-wool Republican feels that life would be, there would be any of this problem with communism and all that stuff. If they had listened to him years ago, there would be that problem. Why, uh, we'd have no, no this problem. What do you, 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 there'd, be no, uh, there'd, there'd be no rioting in the streets if they'd listened to me. There wouldn't have been any unhappiness. Oh, these guys, who are these beatniks out there with the signs? That wouldn't have happened under a good system. Oh, what a beautiful, what a beautiful way to view life. I wish I could get like that. I'd love it, you know. You know the old expression, in ignorance there is bliss? Oh, man. Oh, man. Oh, man. Wow. <laughs> ignorance of, uh, of the most, of course, most people don't, uh, don't uh, define ignorance that way. They define ignorance as no schooling. Absolutely. They say, well, what do you mean? I'm, I'm, I've, I went to school for 19 years. I have seven degrees. I'm not ignorant. And so, how, how is it that I'm blissful? And they're sitting out there with a big, happy, you-know-what-eating smile on their face, you know? 
and they'll look right, look you right in the eye, and they'll say to you, well, well, ignorance is bliss. What do you mean? I am a very happy man, and I'm not ignorant. Oh, yeah? To me, the ultimate in ignorance is ignorance of mankind itself. I mean, what you are, really, mankind... Uh, ignorance has nothing whatsoever to do with the accrual of facts in an education. Ignorance has nothing to, nothing whatsoever to do with the accrual of large numbers of essays on the appreciation of the English essay form of the late 19th century. I'm sorry. <laughs> nothing whatsoever to do. And, and yet, yet uh, the, how do you define ignorance? I suggest you look up ignorance. Wow. It does not say... I imagine, unfortunately, most dictionaries would say ignorance, lack of education. Well, then how do you define education? Do you, did you really define education as going eight years to Amherst? Do you? Be careful. You know, uh, you know, it's a sad fact, but, but before the Renaissance, before the Renaissance, back in, back in the Dark Ages, the great universities, there were tremendous, you know, most people read, read about the Dark Ages, they think the Dark Ages, everybody's walking around, it's nighttime, you know, and there's nothing happening and, and nobody's reading and so on. Well, I'm, I'm afraid that during those ages, some of the greatest universities were founded and, 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 and grew to the skies, there were tremendous universities and of course they taught uh, alchemy they taught <laughs> they taught one thing or another well well the people at the time never defined it as a dark age uh hey why don't we close that door i don't know what's going on there's more traffic here in the studio today close the door please close it there it is and lock it say stay out for the next eight minutes please i don't know what's going on in there but for crying out loud why can't they fix that uh, fix it when we're off you know yeah, I know. It's just, everything's breaking up here. It's all, next thing you know, Mr. Leader will be here. If you find out we're not on the air, we haven't been on the air since last Wednesday. <laughs> and the money machine stopped. Well, uh, you know. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, but hate, uh, hate is, uh, incidentally, speaking of hate, I have a short story about this subject. I, I don't want to bring it up uh, in this context. But I, I did a short story for Playboy, the current issue of Playboy, the September issue. Of Playboy on that very issue, and uh, and it's causing a little uproar. I'm afraid uh, a lot of guys like to define themselves as not capable of these things. Well, I don't know. I'm just refer I'm reporting on me. That's all. I'm not reporting on you, Fred. I can see that you're beautiful. I'm not reporting on oh, particularly the chicks. They're beautiful too. They don't want to. Any time you say that the, any 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 female, I've noticed this on the air. Uh, and, and again, I, I must say this out of out of the fairness of having looked at mail and read it and uh, heard the reports of phone calls and et cetera for the last 10 years or more here in the mass medium, that any time you refer to hate, all the women think that refers to men. <laughs> they do. When you talk about war, that's, that's something men do. Oh, yeah. Oh, believe me, they do. When you talk about uh, instability, that's men. That's men's stuff. That's what men do. And I get thousands of letters every year from women who say that if, if men were like women, there would be no war. This is one of the great... Again, this is she, she will tell you then that it has nothing to do with hate. She has considered this thoroughly. <laughs> and she goes on and, and will, page after page, define all the evils of mankind in terms of maleness. Oh, boy. Oh, man. Uh, and yet, on the other hand, then she'll say at the bottom, yours for equal treatment of women. Now, what does she mean by that? Then, honey, you also have to take your share of the guilt, you know. The equal treatment of women involves taking your share of the crud. So you have to take your, your guilt, too, you know. You have to say, well, yeah, you know. <laughs> have you ever watched the, have you, and, then, and yet, and, and, and you know, have you, have you seen those pictures in the newspaper where it'll show a large number of angry ladies gathered outside of a southern school? 
with some poor little Negro kid coming in. Oh yeah, 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 ta, 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 ta. And I am not anti-woman. I am sorry, but you know what's going to happen? Immediately, I'll get thousands of letters saying I am because I have dared to suggest that men and women are equal in all things. And that is a terrible suggestion to make. That shows I am definitely anti-woman by beautifully considered reasoned logic of non-hating ladies. Why don't they take you off the air and put somebody good back on again? I listen to Mr. Gambling every morning. He doesn't say things like that. Blah, 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 blah. A non-hating lady. <laughs> oh, man. And you wait and see now. I, I, and, and you know, almost all political campaigns of one kind or another are based on, you know, a man who hates beautifully who really does hate, recognizes hate as a pure thing, and it has no relationship to the thing that the hate is about, per se. In short, a good hater recognizes another good hater, and they both have something very much in common. Uh, have you ever been around... It's like power. Power is another thing. Uh, men of immense power, whether they be a tremendous star or a gangster, a top gangster or a top labor leader or a top producer or a top dictator or a top man of any field where power is the, the prime uh, characteristic of the position, you'll find that there is an unspoken communion between all these guys. Oh, sure. Many top labor men, or, or let's even forget labor, many top industry tycoons feel a certain relationship with Khrushchev, for example, he is a top tycoon. <laughs> they both talk the same language. Oh, I know many of them. Oh, yeah, they sit down. and, and they're, they're, Because power does not have anything to do with the ideology. That, in, in short, the man who is a power man, he has nothing to do with the making of widgets. And so you'll find that a guy will be in charge of, let's say, a gigantic automobile company. And you talk to him, you find that he doesn't know, you know what, from third base about cars you'll find that he does not know anything about automobiles. And there he is. What does he know about? P-O-W-E-R. That's what he knows about. And, and, oh, yes, I've known many, many people in this industry, radio, television, who are in charge of enormous uh, empires. And you get right to them, and they haven't listened to the radio for years. They don't watch television. They know nothing about putting on a show or putting together a show. Nothing at all about the philosophy of communication. What do they know about? P-O-W-E-R. And yet, oddly enough, these guys will get honorary degrees from very serious universities. They'll give them a degree in communication arts. Give them a degree in contributing to the art of mankind. Oh, man. You know. and, and, and what they should give them, I think there should be a degree in power. I think there should be a school of power. I think that there should be a place where you, where you learn it and study it. And I think that they should start making it a, a classical study, just like uh, the humanities, you know, or like... Uh, you know, like business administration and so on up and down the line. Power, class and power. Uh, and, and it is, a, it is, a, it is, a, it is literally a, a distillate. It's a distillate. It has nothing whatsoever to do with the thing that the man is powerful about. This confuses a lot of people when they see a dictator. A dictator gets in and he's been all for beauty and truth and freedom and all that stuff before he gets in. All of a sudden he's in and he's belting guys on the top of the head with, with uh, rubber stanchions and he's throwing them into the clink. He's got them all in the Bay of Pigs. He's doing everything else to them. People wonder, what, are, what is this? What is this? Because he is a power. He's dealing in power. And, of course, he defines beauty. He defines beauty in terms of his power. 
that beautiful people are those who want them to be in power. Evil people are those who don't. It's as simple as that. And you'll find this in many companies. Beautiful people are those who believe in the boss. And you believe me, if, if the guy finds himself believing in the product more than the boss, he's going to be in trouble. If he goes into the boss and says, Charlie, I've got an idea what we ought to do to the number seven widget, what we ought to do. Charlie's just sitting there and saying, well, when is he going to tell me that I'm beautiful? And if I, you know, when's it going to come out that, that, uh, that, that, uh, you know, that this is my idea? Well, I'll tell you, Charlie, where we the next thing you know, he's down the chute and he's out and he wonders why. He says, I believed in widgets more than anything else. I lived, ate, I slept widgets. All I talked about, Myrtle, right? Didn't the, the terrible Myrtle, how many hours we'd sit there at dinner table all talking about widgets. Why did Charlie fire me? Well, because never once did he mention Charlie as the most beautiful creature in all of God's heaven. And the reason that there are even widgets is because of Charlie. He made the big mistake. Well, now let's get back to hate. Hate is a pure thing, just as power is. And a good hater will always admire another good hater. In fact, I remember a year or so ago, I was doing a television show in another city based on literally interviewing the haters of the world, talking to them, conversation with them. And I found in after-show conversation and before-show conversation, casual comments, listening very carefully, that, say, for example, uh, a man who was a great, fantastic, quote, fighter for civil rights, admired Faubus. Yeah. Well, this would seem to be a contradiction to most people. No, not if you recognize hate as a prime, almost a almost an element. It's it's a pure element. It's like gold. It's like silver. It's an element. It's only later when it becomes an alloy or becomes a compound that it confuses people, and then it becomes coated over with other things until finally you don't recognize it as an element that can be distilled out of a compound purely. In other words, you, you can you can take that that compound and you can make it into you can make it into pure gold again, you know. And there it is; it's laying there. It looks like all other gold. Some gold is dissolved in the sea. Some gold is in various compounds. One thing, but you you uh, you refine it, and it's all gold and a yard wide. And I think that there are certain things in the human makeup that are elemental, that are totally elemental, have no relationship with the various compounds, the various chemical equations that they form that once they're distilled, they're pure. Power is a pure thing. It can be related to gold or hate, just as silver is related to gold. It's related because it's made of molecules, you know, and it's got, it's got uh, various things in common. But nevertheless, uh, they're, they're pure and they, they, exist, uh, they exist there by themselves. And, and here, here's an example now. Here, look at this one. Here's a letter to a newspaper locally. Now, this is a guy who says, please print in your column. It's one of these questions and answer columns. It says, please print in your column at the addresses where I can write for information about these organizations because I want to join them. The Congress of Racial Equality and the John Birch Society. Well, all right. To the, to the answerer, it says, gee, it's very difficult to imagine one person wanting to join both of these... <laughs> Now I've got to get eight million letters from guys who are in C-O-R-E. Say, what do you mean? I don't hate. It's tango to stamp out those ridiculous... <laughs> and so I'm sorry, you know. Uh, there it is. And it's right there in black and white. Now this guy was very, very, uh, very... Because I know many... Believe me, I know a guy who is a member of probably one of the most far right-wing political groups in this country. 
And at the same time, he's a great James Baldwin fan. Right? I'm not inventing these things. Uh, and, and people keep writing me and they say, well, what is, you know, it confuses them because they don't recognize, and I'm not saying that old Shep here, believe me, is a pundit, a seer, or a great distiller of truth. I'm merely saying these are things I have observed. Now, if I had written them in a big solid book with a red cover and, it, and had a gold embossed inscription by Bertrand Russell in the beginning and had a, had a, had a, uh, had a follow-up by somebody like Huxley, then you'd say, well, now that's a very, very considered argument. You see, but I'm on the radio and I don't. So I'm, I'm trying to point out, though, that I do believe that many of the things which confuse us greatly are because, and, I, and, and the things themselves, are things which are pure and are in us. As I think that, that man walking around, me, all of us walking around, are like a compound, a chemical compound, that are all the same. In other words, salt is the same. So, uh, you, you take the chemical, the chemical uh, makeup of salt, plain ordinary table salt, is the same. It is, basically. Uh, no matter where you get salt, you can eat salt in Lebanon, you can eat salt in, in China, you eat salt in, in Paris, you eat salt in, in Rikers out on Long Island. It's all salt. However, there are different, there are different things that are part of salt. Some salt uh, contains various, they call it impurities, but they're not really impurities, you see. There are various other compounds that are part of the makeup of different types of salt found in different parts of the world. And so you'll take two salt shakers, and they both are salty, they both taste salty, they're both made of the same thing, and yet they will contain various trace elements opposite to one another. I'm saying this is mankind, that a man in, in Bangkok is the same as a man in in uh, Roslyn City, or he's, a, he's the same as a guy out in East Hampton. Yeah, he's got that same basic makeup, like salt. And yet there are various other things that are in him. There is no such thing as totally chemically pure salt uh, without any trace elements of any kind anywhere. This is an extremely rare thing. Uh, just like it's extremely rare to find a man who is reduced to his basic components. Uh, it's hard to detect then what his basic components are because <laughs> he's covered up. He's all it's like it's like trying to distill gold out of seawater. It's hard to it's hard to relate that gold, you know, to somebody's uh, ring. Doesn't look like a ring, but it's there, and it's gold, and it's just as much gold as that gold you see on on, on a ring somewhere that says fourteen karat gold. There it is, and, but yet you can't re recognize it if you stand out there and take a handful of it out of. Uh, out of out of the water, you just even if you see it uh, being panned. Have you ever seen gold that's been freshly panned? Well, it doesn't look like that ring in any sense of the word. I'm sorry, it just does not. Have you ever seen new diamonds? Well, they don't look like that either. You know, they don't look like that thing that you see in Tiffany's window. And so, so uh, the, the distillate you see is hard to hard to approach. Now, now some night, I think it would be a great show uh, for, um, from my own standpoint would be to take about three or four or five representative hate letters of various kinds. Now, almost all, why do I get them? Well, for a variety of reasons. For one, uh, a, a, a real hate person is very furious when he is, when he is presented with another, uh, another side. He is presented with the idea that what he hates may well just be an irrational hate. He's very definite that it very upsets them. Uh, another thing, too, that, that uh, I find, that many haters think somehow I'm on their side. 
because one night last week I might have, in glancing reference, <laughs> made one of their arguments, you see. So the next thing you know, well, I'm glad to see you're one of us. Boy, I'll tell you, in 1964, after the election, things are going to be different. Ain't it right, Shep? What we're going to do is... Oh, man. And then, then three days later, he's confused because I don't seem to go along with the line, the party line. Uh, and, and, and why Why am I? I don't know. I can't tell you why. There are certain people, I don't know what they are. They're not truthful. They're not any more truthful than others. They're no more beautiful than others. I have to give this disclaimer. But there are people born into this world who find it difficult to swallow whole any one given line, including, hey, what happened here? Including, well, we've cut off again, including the line about yourself. You see, the thing... Hello, hello. Now we're going to have to try. Well, I don't know what happened here. You, you have to. One of the one of the lines that most people will accept without question uh, is the line that they are superior to other people. Now, now, if you accept that line, you're ready then to accept a thousand other lines. One, of course, the most obvious is the line that that says, "Yes, that's true. You are more beautiful than other people." Uh, this this is a this is the first and, and 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 you'll find this running through all kinds of political philosophies. It is a reaffirmation of your basic superiority, which you of course uh, don't don't ever question. There now it's back again, which you never question. Uh, now now I, how how do you learn to accept this? I don't know. I really don't know how to accept it. Uh, most people uh, will refer to some kind, of course, uh, many religions do this too. Most people, in the end, will refer to a, a religious concept or a religious basis to say, well, you see, I believe in this religion, hence this religion says this and that, and it must be so. So then, uh, obviously, since I believe in this religion, I'm a superior person because this is a superior religion. And this superior religion says that there are... And it goes on and on and on. People will find a, a million ways to uh, to find somehow magically that whatever it is they believe in is superior to find out magically and this is the most important thing magically somehow by an amazing set of circumstances their beliefs their attitudes have have come about because they the personally are superior people <laughs> and, and 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 it's never referred to as hate ever 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 let me tell you uh, and you see this sad tendency on uh, sad? No, it's just the, it's the way we are. You know, I don't think it's sad that lions are carnivores. I'm sorry, that's the way lions are. I don't think it's I don't think it, we should be weeping about that. In fact, I've actually heard serious people being interviewed on this on this station who want to make different animals uh, uh, vegetarian. I heard I heard one lady I heard one lady uh, proclaim proudly that her cat does not touch meat and eats only carrots. <laughs> Poor cat. <laughs> I, I oh yeah oh yes indeed uh, that we have now transmuted lead into gold, and uh, this is the only cat in the neighborhood that eats only carrots. Of course, its eyes are turning yellow, and its fingernails are falling out. And uh, it has a bad liver, but it eats nothing but carrots. Uh, so, so you 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 know you, you run into this here. Do you, do you have that serious music that he just brought in? Put it up there. You should have that up there. Get it up there. That serious opening there. You got it all set there. I'll wait here for a second uh, because uh, I'm I'm uh, I'm really uh, enjoying the hate scene. Oh, it's everywhere. You you get out. 
Uh, you find, of course, it's hard to define what it is, just like almost the other elements. I don't think the earth can ever define the elements that are in it. The earth itself did not say, I am composed of silicon, uh, that there is 14% uh, oxygen here. Uh, the earth didn't do that. People, just like the earth, uh, don't define their own elements. Uh, they, they, they're constantly confused by them, but they, they rarely define them. And uh, I, it's, uh, you just hold. I'll give you the cue there for it. It's hard to it's hard to say ever. For example, that that if a guy have you ever watched guys at a pro football game? Well, I'll tell you this, boy. Uh, you, you, the harder they hit, the more they love it. Uh, the, the more the guys are carried out. Break his leg! You know this kind of. Oh, they love it when the when the quarterback is belted out finally, and he is being carried off the field, hanging limply there. Oh, they love it, and I and I happen to like uh, football, but uh, you, to define these things as hate is very hard to do. To define these things as as a kind of hate is very difficult. Now here, here, get bring us some uh, some very uh, bring it up. And now once again, mankind approaches. The reality of his time and life realizes the beauty that lies within him. And now, and now from a newspaper out on Long Island, the prayer for today. Bless and protect our tested concept of free enterprise, dear God of love by which America's initiative and production and marketing have become the admiration of the world. Help me to understand how this foundation is so endurable for the sustenance of our God-given liberties. May I, dear God, never underrate such American enterprise, its organization, its personnel, with knowledge of how to make and to sell, and how to teach others to make and to sell. For I know that thereby are liberated not only the yearnings and satisfactions for creative labor and satisfied desires, but of that combination of dignity and health and spiritual potential which raises humanity into the upper strata of hope and self-confidence and security and faith. Oh, dear God, teach me to make and to sell better that I may rise above the lowliest sin. And we dedicate tonight's prayer to Willie Loman. Now, it's very hard to define that as a kind of hate. <laughs> it's very hard to define that as, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a shaky premise. And yet, there it is, stretched all out, laying there like a great red, white, and blue banner over all that is good and true, all that is real and all that is honest, those things which I believe in and those things which are part of my life. Those are the good, the God-given things which will finally bring all of mankind to its senses and raise mankind to the final beautiful creature. This is WOR Radio, your station for news. A word for the working ladies. There are over 21 million employed women in the United States who are paying Social Security taxes and building family protection. 
Well, this is Bob Smith with a word for you working girls. You know, besides being employees, many of you are also employers. Now, do you have someone helping you with the cleaning, laundry, or babysitting? Well, if so, they are employees much the same as you are and are entitled to the same Social Security protection. You are required by law to report the employee's cash wages quarterly if the wages amount to $50 or more. And that's as little as three eighty-five a week. Now, don't be neglectful. You just call your local Social Security office for form number 21. Now, remember, Social Security protection means important benefit payments in the event of the worker's retirement, death, or disability.